So my mom was a big like Al Green fan, uh, like soul music, Al Green, funk music like Bootsy Collins, all that kind of stuff. So I listened to soul funk music. My dad the same. My dad was a uh, actually played the trombone. He played with Harry Connick Jr., uh, Wynton Marcellus, a whole bunch of like New Orleans jazz artists. That's where I'm from. Like jazz and soul was a big thing there. That's what I grew up listening to. And then I guess like as I got to my teenage years and stuff, I started listening to hip hop and like Biggie and all kind of stuff. And as of late, more trap music, but I'm kind of like going back to my roots and going back to like soulful artists like Anderson Pack, Thundercat. I guess artists around that line, even like Mac Miller, I consider him more like like soulful hip hop kind of stuff like that. This is Musicians Can Thrive. A podcast community for anyone seeking to make money in the music industry. Musicians, audio engineers, managers, producers, booking agents, everyone across all niches. Welcome. My name is Gabrielle. I'm a singer-songwriter. These stories are for you. I hope they'll help you find new ways to thrive as a musician. Based in Austin, Texas, Shady Vice is an underground artist I met thanks to a workshop we both attended. It was hosted by a local organization called For the Students. His perceptive observations about using imagery to promote new music caught my attention. As I got to know him, his production style and the stories within his songs impressed me further. He's got a rich musical background to draw from and a valuable perspective on what he wants to spend his time on within the music industry. So you had music basically in your blood. Yeah, I guess you could say that. (laughs) That's really cool. It's really interesting to me to see how different people find their way into music. You know, like no one in my family. I mean, my dad plays piano like for fun. But no one has been a professional musician, you know, quote unquote. But the kids who do get to grow up with one or both parents actively working in the world of music, I think that's really, really cool. Yeah, it was dope. My dad, he learned it. So in New Orleans, there's like this big band culture. There's even like a whole event called Battle of the Bands. That's like his, his big thing. So in high school, he played the trombone and I guess during when he grew up Harry Connick Jr. and Wynn Marcellus were kids with him and um, they all like played in the band so it kind of made sense for them to do it that's awesome as you started finding your own way into music when did you realize that this is something that I want to do that I have music of my own that I want to create that was late. Honestly, like my dad and mom always wanted me to like, they always love music and everything, but they wanted me to pursue a career. They're, they're pretty traditional parents. Mm-hmm. They wanted me to pursue a career, like have like a actual professional job in quotes. Maybe like I started <laughs> doing, I really, like I really started doing computer science. That was my first major. And then okay, you know, I really hate this. Like this is freaking annoying. So I switched to music because I like, always love music from like the jump. I'm not really like a performer, but I guess just listening to music 
And I always wanted to like emulate that in my own way. It really hit me after I graduated high school, that first year of college, I started like messing around on FL Studio and watching like YouTube tutorials. Shout out to Busy Works Beats. He really helped me. <laughs> it's a channel. He's really good um, at teaching people stuff. But uh, that's, I guess, that first year out of high school is when I really started like taking music more serious and recording tracks and stuff. Well, for someone who says they had a late start, your music is seriously good. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. You mentioned that you don't consider yourself much of a performer. Is that still how you feel? Do you prefer to just make music and share it with people? I guess I could say that because I haven't necessarily performed like in front of like a crowd of fans that like want to hear my music, but I identify as a producer and then as an artist second because producing is like my my first love. <laughs> Not to sound corny, but yeah. Okay. That's dope. I I love music production, so I really do understand that struggle of, you know, sometimes you just want to make good music, not necessarily yeah. play it in front of a crowd. Yeah, I would much rather, like, be known for producing music in the industry rather than being, like, a front page, like, artist with, like, hella tabloids following them everywhere. <laughs> I might actually turn into Kanye West and be bitter people following me i don't know yeah i definitely understand that that's actually part of why i decided not to pursue a career as an artist because i realized i like being anonymous to whatever mm -hmm. extent that's possible in today's world yeah i like my privacy, I like my privacy. exactly you've played a couple ae pie parties back yeah, in the day so tell oh me gosh. about playing frat parties, because I'm sure that's a fun show to do. I got into that with a friend of mine. His name is Jonathan Gorell, and he was in the fraternity. So basically they were like, hey, we need like a DJ and um, like people to come like help play music and stuff. So me and him... We're going to jump like back in time for a second. Like one of the main things we basically... I did not attend a four-year university, but for a time, I lived with several UT students in an apartment that was in the middle of most of UT's fraternity houses. A block away, there was a Jewish fraternity called A.E. Pi. My roommates and I liked spending time there because the guys were actually nice, and we always felt safe at their parties. I didn't know this at the time, but Shidi Weiss and I had actually crossed paths years before the workshop where we met. One of his friends was in that Jewish fraternity, and Shady DJed several parties for them. College shows can be an excellent way for emerging artists to connect with people who are actively seeking out new music. So I wanted to make sure I got to share Shady's experience with this. So he was like, come help me like DJ these parties and play some of your music and all this kind of stuff. It's like, okay, cool. So basically every like large party that AEPI would have, I think it was like the year 2017, 2018, we would like DJ and then play my music and stuff. So That's so cool. It was really fun. We have a music professor in common, Rowena Gillespie, right? Mm -hmm. And so one of the things that she's taught me about is how catering to people in the college environment is a really lucrative way 
to get gigs when you're starting to build momentum as an artist because Mm -hmm. you could get paid really well but also maybe the more important factor is those people are really excited about finding new music yeah and so you just got to have a few frat parties under your belt where people are like damn this is so cool yeah (laughs) there's so much energy at those parties too so that correlates well (laughs) so have you found that being able to do small numbers of shows where the people are (laughs) i mean at a party they're not necessarily like watching your every move but they're definitely Mm -hmm. actively enjoying your music Mm -hmm. has that helped you build an audience for social media or spotify for your music they're not necessarily like watching me like i feel like coming to like see me so i feel like that didn't really help grow my instagram following but I think just like posting engaging content on those uh, platforms really helped. Whenever I posted my colors, like did my colors campaign, the growth for each post happened like exponentially because people were like excited to see like, oh, what colors are you going to post this week? What's, uh, what colors are you going to post next week? And it just grew and grew and grew. I love that. So this colors project is the first album that you put out? Yes, it's the first album I put out, like my first project. (laughs) Okay. So I actually really love this album. It's consistently good from beginning to end. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) You're welcome. How did you come up with the idea for doing all of those visuals? It's striking. It really grabs your attention. So my parents are like really religious. And I feel like a lot of times, they're like strict parents too. But I still love them. They're (laughs) my parents They're just stricter than the average parent, I feel like, like in 2020. (laughs) Colors is just like a way of like saying like express yourself, like be yourself. And it's not like supposed to like necessarily have like this deep meaning behind it, but just express yourself and don't be afraid to like just do you because at the end of the day, that's all that matters. So Mm -hmm. basically what I would do is I'll think of a color, like, okay, let's do yellow this week. And I would just find... Honestly, I would just find things on Amazon that were yellow for cheap. Like the cheapest things I could find. So like a hazmat suit umbrella and a mask. And I was like, okay, cool. How can I make this look cool? And just buy a yellow backdrop and kind of like work with it, see what works, see what doesn't. And then uh, just go on from there. And it, it kind of worked out because we would every, every week would be like, all right, let's do another color. And then we go on Amazon and buy like <laughs> whatever was the cheapest thing that was red and just work with it. But it was cool because I feel like no one could do me like how I did myself. Mm-hmm. Same way with anyone else. So it was really unique in a way. I loved it. I feel like for some people coming up with the visual ideas is one of the harder parts of promoting music. So I really admire what you did with colors because when you describe how you did it, mm-hmm. it sounds simple. Like it's something that pretty much anyone could figure out if they were thinking about how to yeah. get people's attention visually exactly. to get excited for a project. But the way that you executed it was so, it's just not something that I've seen a lot of. I guess that's the way to put it. And so I saw the artwork for your album and the photos 
that you took to lead up to the project release and I just saw that and I was like damn okay someone put in some thoughtful effort (laughs) it really was spontaneous I feel like if I just left it free-flowing it would work out that's like basically the that segues well it's basically like the uh mantra behind my next album so a lot of times like with colors with the music I feel like I'll love colors for the rest of my life, but I feel like sometimes I had this like weird thing in my head when I was coming to school, like everything has to be perfect and has to be a certain way. And I feel like I kind of restricted myself, Mm. but with the actual visuals, I kind of just like let shit happen. (laughs) So (laughs) like it kind of just went, I just did what I just went with it and it worked out well. I feel like I didn't let anything like stop me. I just kind of went with the flow and that's like what I want to do with my next album, but with the music. Yeah. Just want, always want to advance. Well, I'm doing my best to be patient waiting for this new album. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. It'll be done pretty soon. It's coming together. It's coming together. Well, hopefully by the time I release this interview, the album will be done and released <laughs> so I can put a link to it in the show notes. All right, but <laughs> <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> That's a quick car. I'm a puma with her lips are. Bitch named Linda, she posts me on her fence. Freaky low ho gave brain like Prince. The song you're listening to right now is Shady's newest single featuring Cam Armstrong. It's called Thank God. And honestly, I'm very excited that you all get to hear this song. Finally, I've been bumping it for months and very thoroughly enjoying the lyricism, the beat, just overall, it's definitely one of my favorite songs of 2020. If I remember correctly, you shared when I met you that you also have done some work as a model. Yeah, uh, (laughs) I would say like my modeling would be my actual IG page. I consider my colors photo shoot a modeling gig almost. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So one of the things that I really enjoy exploring as I've gotten to talk with more musicians and people finding paths in the music industry is, you know, for any creative pursuit, whether it's visual or audio or film, there tends to be this idea of, oh, you're doomed to be a starving artist. And so... If you have a day job, people are like, oh, are you really a professional? And I've found that having a day job actually makes you usually better at whatever your creative thing is. Mm -hmm. And so I can see how the experiences that you've had as a model really helped you create that awesome visual series of images for the Colors album. Oh, exactly. <laughs> Honestly, like we would shoot these things 
maybe at like 12 o'clock, one, honestly, like 12 to two in the morning, be shooting these photo shoots and then go to sleep and have to wake up and go to school or like work the next morning. So Damn, I guess son. like we literally had no choice but to have it be free flowing <laughs> and let it work <laughs> and like not be tired for work the next day. But I feel like having like such a short amount of time creates more value in those moments. Like it makes those moments like, okay, cool. This is more important than anything really. Like if it's something I really want to do, like I'm going to value this time and put as much I can into it. Yeah. So I, I kind of like, I don't know, starving artist is a, I feel like an outdated term. <laughs> right. Because you have to have like a source of income while you're like trying to figure things out. You can't just be, like not do anything. Yeah. Then you'll, on the streets or something. I don't know. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> or not where I feel like that's part of why I'm wanting to help people almost feel proud of whatever their day job is. Because even though you're not quote living the life, you know, making a full-time income off of music yet. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of things about having that day job that really help you, whether it's just survival so that you can make the music in the first place or, you know, like my job is in marketing. And so that's helped me learn how to promote music or some people, you know, they could go work as an audio engineer. There's just so many different options. I can imagine that growing up in New Orleans with such rich musical history mm-hmm. in that city and such a vibrant culture, that probably had a pretty big influence on your own music. And so how does that combine with the trap sound? Yeah, yeah. That's, how I'm, that's what I'm figuring out right now with Wabi Sabi. Hmm, let's see. I guess whenever I was making Colors... There are like a couple of songs. I, I feel like maybe like Geeked and Love and Lust. I feel like are like, I guess like the more soulful songs in the album. Some more like singing or whatever. Okay, little mama, little baby, let's catch a vibe. Let's fight the problems and cases that might arise. I'm on my toes and mama, I can't resist you. I guess I'm trying to like mix the almost to use a term Bryson to their head, trap soul. <laughs> That's the I kind of like vibe, the vibe I was going for whenever I uh made those songs. But now, like with the new album, I'm kinda trying to have that sound, but more mature. Just I wanna sound like I'm twenty-three. I feel like colors is like whenever I was I graduated like high school and at that time in my life and like mm-hmm. new to college like just moved to a new city like experiencing new things and now I feel like I've graduated I'm like in a new place in my life have a girlfriend trying to progress and like move out of this apartment get a house and things like that get a career so I just wanted to sound like I'm at that point in my life yeah. and have lyrics that have more depth to them more meaning and it just shows like progression but i guess i can mix that sound mixing um like the new orleans i don't know i'm not necessarily mixing like jazz and like ragtime but just like the soulful like chord progressions things like that mm-hmm. and then adding my own little flavor like pizzazz to it yeah those soulful chord progressions really are some of the best in the world yeah they never get old 
circling back to what you were saying about wabi-sabi, I can appreciate how it's just that natural evolution of an artist as you go through life and have new experiences. So experiences shape the music. Mm-hmm. I know I said this before, but that just makes me more excited to see what it's like. Good. Keep build- I'm going to keep on building your excitement until you can't, <laughs> until you can't contain yourself. But what happens if I take what small audience I have on social media and I'm like, y'all, <laughs> go pester Shady Vice about this album. <laughs> you know what? That's fine. It's okay. Okay. Cool. <laughs> I probably won't, but <laughs> I, I, I might. We've made it about halfway through the show, and we're going to have a quick pause. Ads are irritating distractions, so they'll never be a part of the Musicians Can Thrive podcast. Thank you for listening. To make sure you get new episodes as soon as I release them, subscribe wherever you like to listen to podcasts. I'm so glad I get the honor of sharing these musicians' stories, and it would mean a lot if you would be willing to help me share them. Spotify has this awesome feature where you can share podcast episodes directly to Instagram stories, so if you're willing... Tell your followers about your favorite episode. Last thing. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, leaving a quick review helps other musicians learn about Musicians Can Thrive. I appreciate your support. Back to the show. All right, well, now we'll see. (laughs) As you have this vision of being a producer first and an artist second and just creating this life that's centered around music what would making it look like to you Ooh, that's a good question making it it would definitely have to be being successful like definitely making some type of type of money for sure but i don't want to like necessarily be famous and like all in like the tabloids and stuff because Again, I like my privacy, <laughs> but uh, definitely just being successful, well-known in the industry, have a couple of hit records. I want to have like this producer slash, I'm definitely an artist, so producer slash artist mix, almost like a Pharrell type thing going on. Mm. I guess that would be like prime, but I would, I would be fine not even like having like my name out there, but just being like behind the scenes on records and stuff. That would be really cool. Yeah. I feel like that's something that when I was in my early teenage years wanting to be, quote, successful as a musician, I didn't quite get that, that you could be successful making money, making amazing music without being famous and in the tabloids all the time. Yeah. Because really, like, that's the best of both worlds. Get your privacy, get to make good music, get to make some money. You get to know all the people in the industry that you've like looked up to, but not have to deal with like all the pressure of people like being like, what is he going to do this time? And like criticizing your every move. That'd be really cool. Who are some of the artists that you've worked with as a producer? So in Houston, I went to school with this guy, but he's like one of like a brother to me pretty much. But Cam Armstrong, Cam and Reed, call him C. Reed, Cam Armstrong, his artist name is Cam Armstrong. Uh, we started making music in Katy, like the suburb out of Houston on the west side. Started making music and kind of like became like hometown heroes, made a couple of good songs on SoundCloud. Like our first couple of songs, we had like 20,000 
plays and that was just like legendary to us <laughs> damn how'd you do that i don't know we just i honestly don't know how it happened we really just like made the songs and released them and the people did the rest i feel like <laughs> okay. but i worked with him he's like one of the main people i work with came to austin i started working with a guy named sammy 33 he's really cool um we made a project together that he's releasing really soon um, I've worked with a couple of like underground artists named Modine, Tripnotics, a guy named Swan. <laughs> we call him Swanee Ferragamo. <laughs> but uh, I think those are like the bigger artists that I've worked with. But I'm still looking for more opportunities. Have you found that working with different artists and testing out different production styles for whatever they're looking for on their project has that given you a way to test out new music and have fun with it without having the pressure of having it be your own i've definitely found like working with artists is a good way to expand your horizons and find new ways to make music every artist has their like own little thing that they do or weird like way that they create which is fun it keeps you adaptable and not like stuck in your ways, which is nice. Yeah, it's hard to change those ways if you don't get nudged to change them. Mm -hmm. I'm not very familiar with how different producers basically price their work. So I know that there are some people who just create beats and there's a flat rate for the beat or some people can lease beats other people do royalties or just like an hourly rate for time spent working on a song. What do you tend to do these days? I kind of like split things up differently. So if you're going to like record in my house, I have a studio at my house. I'll charge you $30 to record. And that 30 is like for two hours. You can, if you can't come prepared, you can do a couple of songs in two hours, maybe like two or three songs. If you're really working 30 for the recording, 30 for mixing and mastering. And then if you're going to like release it publicly or like on like a streaming platform or anything like that, like an album or anything like that, I'll ask you to include me in uh, royalties and I'll get producer royalties and stuff. Um, and then I'll like type a contract out or have like my manager type a contract out and then work on from there. But that's, I guess that's really as far as I've gotten with like my producing business, <laughs> you say so. It is a business. Yeah. Sounds like a pretty savvy combo you've got set up there. Yeah. Due to COVID, I don't really let nobody in my house right now. <laughs> I don't <laughs> yeah. trust people. I don't trust people. But yeah. That's really cool. I didn't realize that you had a manager. I don't know how I missed that detail. His name is Legend. Oh, I call him Legend. But his name is Michael. But he's a really cool guy. He loves to talk. But he can type a contract though. It's really cool. Well, that's some important detail. <laughs> I met him. I met him working. Working where? Uh, I was working at a fine dining restaurant called Perry's, and my friend Storm was waiting on him. And he was like, they started talking about music and stuff, like arguing about who's a better artist. My friend Storm's a huge Chris Brown fan, like almost like fangirl level. But <laughs> <laughs> it's okay though. And they started like arguing about like who's a better artist with things like Chris Brown, like Michael Jackson and stuff. 
but anyways he was like i have a friend who makes music he's here like you want to meet him and pretty much he introduced me to him and that's how i met sammy like sammy's another one of his artists and we started working together and he ended up managing me but that's um really yeah, cool. that's the story behind but <laughs> that ended up being a sort of chance encounter but what made you feel like you wanted or needed a manager because i feel like it's a hard transition point for some people to recognize like okay it's time to ask for this kind of help whenever i got to the point when i was making my album and i was like all right what do i what do i need to do next because even though i was in school for music the classes i was taking weren't necessarily what i may have needed at that exact time like i definitely needed those classes for sure but like marketing my music I really had, like, no real idea of how to, like, at least start marketing your music and, like, getting things out there mm-hmm. and insert manager. <laughs> yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And it was perfect timing, too. I get how to make music and stuff, but, like, presenting it to people or putting myself out there in a way that people, like, be engaged and, like, addicted to the music, I'm not really sure how to do that. If there even is like a like certified method for marketing music, there's like I feel like there's like guidelines, but everybody has their own little way that they make their music. Yeah, and I think I started to notice different patterns by genre, Mm -hmm. so it also varies in that. But honestly, marketing itself is such like it's really just an ongoing science experiment. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) like you gotta go. Okay, so I did this thing. And it worked. So either I'm going to do it again and basically suck that tactic dry until there's no life in it anymore. Or I'm going to try something a little different, but mostly the same. And we'll see how it works. Sometimes it works even better. Sometimes it doesn't. So thinking about the ways that you knew that you needed help figuring out how to market the music. What are some of the biggest challenges that you've come across as a musician trying to make music, promote it, get shows, make money? Oh, definitely. The biggest challenge is making money off of it. Like money that like you can really sustain off sustain yourself off of. That might be the biggest challenge, but I guess a couple of challenges I encounter or when I'm creating, just trying to like have everything cohesive and like work together. For instance, like if I'm in my studio and I'm making a song, I might like have like a bass line or like a melody down. And I'm like, dang, how can I make this work together? But I don't want to like get too far into that like hole because then you like can't escape and you're like, ah, I'm going to scratch this song. So you kind of have to find a balance of like just being open. And also staying focused on the task at hand. You can't be like too open and just have like a whole bunch of stuff that doesn't work together. I feel like that's one of the biggest challenges I have. Also like songwriting. I feel like it's something that I could definitely improve on. I'm not upset with my songwriting, but just I always feel like there's room for improvement and things like that. Because beats are things that catch people's attention, but the lyrics are what really hit home for people. So it gets them to stay. Yeah, it's just going to stick. So I just want to improve. I have that like really hit home for people. Marketing, I feel like, honestly, if you just do 
it may be a challenge. It's an ongoing game. But if you just do yourself, people will accept that. You always will have a fan base because there's going to have people like you in the world that will like your stuff. Yeah. I think that's an important detail that you pointed out there. Because as much as it's not fun in many ways to have yourself and your personality be a brand, that's you authentically showing up and that's what helps shape the music. And so there are always going to be some group of people. It could be a hundred, it could be a thousand, it could be 10,000, maybe a million, but they're really going to resonate with at least a couple aspects of who you are. And that's what will get them to sort of be part of your tribe. Exactly. Well, is there anything that we haven't talked about that you'd like for someone trying to find their way in the music industry to think about? Hmm. Nothing really comes off the top of my head, honestly, but just like I've said this multiple times during this interview, but really stay true to yourself. Like be open to ideas, but stay true to yourself, your style. And I feel like that's being an artist. That's like the biggest thing, no matter what anyone has to say about it. Cause mm-hmm. that's just you. Like if someone doesn't like it, then that's them. But just stay true to yourself, be yourself and express yourself in your art. And that's what will stick to people. Don't like try and mold to what may be a trend or like the hot thing right now. Just be you. Yeah. I think that's always the tempting thing is, Oh, this is really trendy right now. Maybe if I want to get recognized, I should do that. Yeah. Cause at the end of the day, whenever like that trend is done, people are like, I want to find something new. Mm-hmm. And then insert yourself. Like, there you go. <laughs> There's never going to be someone like you, like in the world. <laughs> exactly. Awesome. I'm really glad that you pointed that out. Now that people have gotten a chance to know who you are and appreciate the person behind the music, where's the best place for listeners to find your music online and keep up with you on social media? Everything is Shady Vice. Real simple. Spotify, Apple Music, SoundCloud as well. I have to get back to my SoundCloud grind, but <laughs> uh, I've switched to Spotify and Apple Music mostly. Instagram, I will be doing a Wabi Sabi campaign very, very soon. Stay tuned. Ooh. Yeah, it's going to be totally different from colors, so wow. it'll be really nice. It'll be really nice. I'll just start stalking you then so I don't miss the start. All right, no worries. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say it's my job. <laughs> oh, yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Shady. I really appreciate you taking the time to share your stories with me. Awesome. I appreciate you interviewing me. Anytime. Part of why I keep returning to this theme that success is what you make of it, what you define it as, is that When we are young children and teenagers growing up in the world, people like to ask, what do you want to be when you grow up? What are you going to do for a career? Especially as college starts coming into the picture and the pressure to have your life figured out at 18 becomes increasingly strong. But what doesn't get talked about in those conversations is that If you want to be able to support yourself financially 
and build wealth so that you don't have to be in a state of living paycheck to paycheck, but so that you can actually be, you know, what was referred to as the middle class in decades past. Or if you really want to be above middle class, you could build some serious wealth for yourself. And what people don't talk about often enough is that you do not have to be famous in order to achieve that success. You don't need to be a celebrity. You don't need to have paparazzi following you. Often, life is actually better the more anonymous you are. So, when it comes to deciding how you're going to shape the path that you take in music and what kinds of work you're going to prioritize, whether you need to be performing consistently or working with other artists consistently. It's easy to feel like because most of the people in your city don't know your name within the first five years of you working on building your music career. That doesn't mean that you're not doing good things. It doesn't mean that you're not making valuable steps and progress towards that big picture goal of being able to sustain yourself full-time off of music-related sources of income. So, that's what I would like you to consider today. And it's not a new thing, but maybe the new take could be if you already know more or less the direction that you want to go in, you've probably had to reevaluate how you're going to make progress towards that goal this year because COVID has thrown a giant wrench in nearly everyone's plans. And so maybe you could, one, be gentle with yourself because so many people have had so many different challenges come out of this year. So if you're feeling behind, you are not the only one. But also take this opportunity where so many more people are stuck at home with a little bit extra free time on their hands. Find ways to connect with those people and strengthen the position that you're in come 2021. 